Welcome back to the Starfighter Podcast. We have a very special episode today. It is our first episode and an introduction into a new series. I'm joined here with my nephew, Ethan, as we start our series called Uncovering the Clone Wars, where we break down the animated series, Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Ethan, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. Can't wait to go through this. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk Star Wars. Um, this is a fantastic show, and we're going to break everything down, give everyone our thoughts and why it's so great and how it ties into all the other um, saga movies, as well as the new shows that are coming up. But we've got a special guest as well, returning for the second time, Landon Torres, my other nephew, we're making this a family day. Hey there. What, how you doing, man? Pretty good. Thanks for joining. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So, as I mentioned before, we're doing Uncovering the Clone Wars here. So a little bit of background before we dive into episode one. Uh, the Clone Wars series started with the animated film by Dave Filoni, and it wasn't accepted you know, with a lot of generosity, it wasn't accepted with a lot of excitement from the fans. It didn't do too great, but it then started and debuted on Cartoon Network as this show. And little by little, it built up to have this cult following. And now, you know, the entire group pretty much of Star Wars fans holds this show close to their heart and for many good reasons and we're going to talk about all those reasons today and again talking about Dave Filoni the creator of the movie the creator of this show went on to do Star Wars Rebels which we'll also talk about later on in the future and then of course now he works with John Favreau in co-writing and creating The Mandalorian which is something else that's just been amazing and one of the best things to come out of star wars in a really long time so looking forward to this new series as we're going to take each season one by one today we're going to start with season one but ethan is there anything you want to add um yeah i just think it's good to mention how great a job dave filoni has done and um just looking back on this series will really show how much he's done for the prequels and um, just as a creator in this universe. Um, but also the amazing things that George Lucas has done with this um, series. He had a very steady involvement um, throughout its run. And so it's, it's all canon, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm really happy to go through that. And um, I think one of the goals for this series will be to point out some of the, you know, the important lore that you find in it. And a lot of people will be looking back on, there is quite a bit or a decent amount in the first season, but even more in the others. Um, and just giving more depth to characters that we've seen in the prequels. There are many that we've seen cameos from, especially random Jedi um, that get their own episodes and their own arcs. And so, um, yeah, I think that that'll be the main point of this. And um, hey, if we can convince you to go watch it and you haven't yet, that 
that'd be awesome if we can persuade you. Um, and so I think it's, there's a lot of little extra details that are in it. And so hopefully we can process and as we're refreshing it for us, hopefully we'll give you some more stuff to look forward to. Yeah. And I know I have great points, by the way, Ethan, I know I have a, I have a handful of friends who have mentioned, you know, I've heard so much after Mandalorian coming out of Mandalorian, especially season two, I've heard so much about Clone Wars and Rebels. Do I really need to go back and watch those? And the short answer is it's not completely necessary, but the reward and the payment is so much greater and you'll enjoy these new shows like the Mandalorian because we're going to get ready for season three. It's going to be here before we know it. I know it seems a little, little ways out, but it'll be here before we know it. And also Bad Batch is coming. We have multiple other live action shows that Dave Filoni is working on as well. And all of these are going to tie back into so many things that he's set up in the Clone Wars and that he set up in Rebels. And there's so many really, really good moments in Clone Wars and Rebels that it's really a disservice to yourself if you're a big Star Wars fan to not watch both of these shows, but we're going to break them down season by season. Landon, was there anything that you wanted to add before we get into episode one? Um, well, yeah, uh, I mentioned it last time I was on the show, but um, a disclaimer, I've not watched all of Clone Wars and um, I've um, been informed by many people, you two included, that that's just not right. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, I, t I have watched all of season one, though, which means I'm technically qualified to be on this video. Yeah, absolutely. And and now the audience that's wish that's uh, watching or listening to us, you know, they'll be able to relate to Landon more because he's just jumping into the series with us as well. So let's go ahead and get started with episode one. We're not going to go over every single episode, but we'll go over most of them and really uh, pick out the things that are really important and again add to Star Wars lore and the overall canon but we'll take a look at episode one which is ambush and Ethan do you want to take us into this episode give us some thoughts some background <laughs> um so on ambush we have it, it's definitely a solo episode in this season um there's no other episodes that I know of that connect to it um but we see um, some delegates from the king of Toydaria. So he owns this planet, him and his people. Um, you steadily have separatists and the Republic trying to fight over their neutrality and um, trying to get them to join one side or the other. And so it's kind of unclear as to how this fight ensues. But throughout the episode, you have a battle between the separatists and the Republic Republic being like four clone troopers, like three or four clone troopers and Yoda versus who knows how many battle droids and um, Asajj Ventress, who is a new character in the clone wars um, who she only shows up in the clone wars. As far as I know, um, she is leading these battle droids, not fighting at all, but leading the battle droids in this fight. And um, they're just fighting, like, to claim this planet as their own. Um, and so you have Yoda and these clones just popping off on these droids, um, proving a point. Uh, <laughs> they cannot 
these droids cannot fight um, these Jedi. Like, it, it is no contest. Um, you have Dooku coming in every once in a while trying to explain that, yeah, the battle droids, you know, they're, they're worth a hundred of them are worth one Jedi. And the Todarian King makes a funny statement. They're like, um, it's more like a thousand droids versus a Jedi. And um, so at the end of the day, um, I think Fentress tries to kill the king um, out of anger. And Yoda's like, nope. And completely stops her. She runs away. All the droids are gone. And um, eventually it is taken. I think it's temporarily taken over. Later in the series, I think they go back to being neutral. But um, they are with the Republic now. So that's Toydaria and Ambush. If you guys got anything yeah. else. Yeah, great recap of that. And a little bit of context um, as far as Tridarians go. Watto from episode one and two. Uh, He's that species, and so it was a little call back to him. And what's cool about Clone Wars and Rebels, even Mandalorian, these shows they'll they'll go back and pull out some of these, you know, older, more obscure uh, species or different types of aliens or even droids, and then they'll flesh them out a little bit more, so we get to know, you know, those types of um, creatures a little bit better, which I think is really cool. Like you mentioned, Ventress, we first see her in the animated um, movie. And there's there are some good things to pull away from that movie. And she's definitely one of them. She's a really cool, interesting character um, that we're going to see and talk about more of for sure. Um, Landon, anything you wanted to add? Um, I'm just going to put it out there i'm i think ambush is probably my favorite episode from the season um and not only because um I, when i was first when i was going back over the first season um i realized I, this is like one of the few episodes that i actually had watched and i had watched it several times and i don't know um it's probably just because uh, again i'm new to it um and i haven't seen all of them i don't have a very comprehensive view but um, and I don't really know the um, popular opinion on this episode, but I would say Ambitious is my favorite from season one, just because it kind of, I feel like there's a lot of points where it calls back to The Empire Strikes Back, where it's Yoda just being a, a crazy old, um, crazy old man, and um, just a lot of really funny Yoda moments, um, which is always good for, and good to see, I think. Um, and also there's some pretty good, um, jokes when it comes to battle droids and seeing um yoda in action is always a good thing yeah definitely uh ethan was there anything you wanted to add before we move on yeah i think i think this is a really good episode um i did mention there it's one of the few solo episodes that there's no other episodes really tying with it you're we're gonna probably talk about that a lot um in the series and it's because all the episodes there are some that are in like two or three episode increments that are definitely like arcs. Like, you know, those are strung together, but there are a lot of episodes that are completely out of order. Um, there are episodes in like season three and four that go back to before the movie, even like before the movie, like timeline. Um, so on that level, this episode is really good. Um, Yoda land brought up Yoda does do really cool things in this episode, stuff that, you're kind of like, why haven't they done that to a battle droid tank before? Like, you know, it's a lot of stuff that they have more creativity with because 
they show your you can get away with a lot more stuff and different battle scenes um so yeah i i really like this episode especially as a solo episode that did um really good all right well we will move on then to episode two which is rising malevolence so rising malevolence we have plo Koon and they are hunting down a separatist battleship well they've heard about um in certain systems they've been the separatists have been leaving complete fleets of republic troops um this is in space by the way um complete fleets in destruction like there's just nothing left no survivors nothing at all um so they don't know what's doing this but they're looking for what's doing this because they know it's a fleet destroyer so plo Koon, he is going the system I think it's the Abrogado system. They are kind of looking for this thing and they see a ship. On this ship, there's Grievous, Dooku, um, and a bunch of battle droids. Like this is a massive ship. But the special thing about the ship is it has an ion disruptor. So it's like a huge um, electro pulse and it completely wipes out any electricity, any electronics that it gets shot at. So it gets shot at his fleet and just completely destroys it. Um, Plo Koon and a bunch of other clones um, are shot off into escape pods and they're kind of just waiting there because there's nothing they can do. Um, and throughout this, you have the Jedi Council and Anakin, Obi-Wan kind of trying to figure out, do we go to the system? Because they have others. This is a war, okay? It's a three-part arc. So episodes two through four, which is what we're talking about, the malevolence arc. We'll just talk about all three episodes. Um, is this ongoing war in space? But yeah, keep going, Ethan. Yeah, so it really comes up in the show that there are a lot of things that can't be done because of certain things going on in this war. Like they can't just call up every cruiser that they got looking for this thing, right? They can't call out any Jedi because they have other systems that they have to protect. Um, so the main point of this is Anakin and Ahsoka are stationed protecting their fleet is protecting a planet and a from any blockades they have a blockade that they're stationed at um but anakin disobeys orders he has a talk with ahsoka because ahsoka is kind of being mouthy in front of the jedi council um which you get a lot of in this first season she's very much like anakin but anakin kind of knows the right time so and it kind of goes back to things that he was learning in, you know, episode two, which is really cool, I think. But basically, they end up disobeying orders and they go looking for Plo Koon because they're like, it's the right thing to do at the end of the day. They go looking for Plo Koon, but Plo Koon has been waiting there and they've sent out pod destroyers, which are like these huge, they're like the same size of an escape pod, but it's just filled with droids and they go and they try to take out every escape pod out there. Because they want no one to figure out this um, weapon exists. That's the whole point of this is Dooku and Grievous are getting frustrated because they're like, what if someone figures out about this weapon? They're going to come destroy it and it's over. So Anakin get, gets there. They're looking for Plo Koon. Takes them a while to find it. The Chancellor gives orders for him to come back, but they don't. Um, Ahsoka finds Plo Koon. And Plo Koon was the last pod left out of like all these other ones that got destroyed. And they'd been, they'd seen droids killing all these clones. Plo Koon fights for a bit. They save Plo Koon. And then they're trying to get away and the malevolence finds them and they barely escape the malevolence um, and their ion disruptor and they get away and they can go tell the fleet about it. And yeah, that kind of brings it 
into the next episode. What's also really cool, which you touched on a little bit, is just like the relationships and the ties to, you know, the different characters. Again, a little bit of uh, context. Ahsoka is now Anakin's new apprentice, which is one reason people didn't care for the animated movie. But you guys got to stick with this series because she yeah. gets so, so much better. You know, in the beginning, she's she's really pretty whiny and uh, kind of lame at times. But her Pretty character, one Anakin. Yes, yes, a yeah, good point. Yeah. She gets so much better and just becomes a great character. And there is a huge following and a huge love for this character of Ahsoka. Now it's just absolutely crazy. But a little bit more context when it comes to Ahsoka. Plo Koon, who is an awesome Jedi Master that we now get to learn more about. Um, Plo Koon was the Jedi Master that found Ahsoka in the animated film. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, she's pretty passionate about going and finding him. It, it's stuff like even subtle things, you know, going back to the Jedi aren't really supposed to have these attachments and these bonds, but ultimately they do. And you can't really fully get away from that, you know. Um, they do create these bonds. And so she does have this attachment to um, Plo Koon, but then also she's really um, invested in her training with Anakin. And definitely, like Ethan mentioned, it takes after Anakin a little bit too, with not always wanting to follow the orders. But those are some other little things that I took away uh, that I think are really great. And again, really add to the overall story. Uh, Landon, anything you wanted to add? Um, I really like this episode. Um, I really like Plo Koon and the Keldor in general. That's that's his race, the Keldor. Um, and I really like seeing the relationships between the Jedi and the clones. And it, um, they explore that uh, um, several times in this season. Uh, yeah, so I think it's a pretty good episode. Um, definitely, I think, one of my top three, I think. Probably my third favorite, yeah. Yeah, great point. And with these episodes, these three, and then with Ambush, like Landon was mentioning, they do explore that relationship and learning more about the clones. And we have these scenes like with um, Yoda talking to them about, you know, they all might look alike, um, but they all, they are all different in separate individuals and, and how everyone has some kind of tie when it comes to the force, everyone is connected through the force. And so um, that was really cool and interesting. And um, Plo Koon kind of has those same moments uh, with the clones as well when they're um, in the escape pod together. We are now going to Shadow of Malevolence. This all takes place in space again. Um, but Plo Koon gets back and he tells them about this weapon. And they're they're trying to figure out where it's going next. Because they're like, okay, we need to stop this thing. It's, it's way too overpowered. So... They're trying to figure out where it's going next and hear info about how these medical cruisers were not reaching their destination. Um, there's a medical center that is super important to the Republic. It houses, I'm pretty sure, um, all of their wounded clones. There's like 60,000 wounded clones on here or something like that. And so they heard about them attacking medical transports and they're like, okay, we think we know where it's going to go. So they start trying to route a way to get there because the, if they take the big cruisers, it's going to take them too long to get to the ship or to the center. 
and the malevolent sword would be there and it would have destroyed the center and it would have been over. Um, so Anakin suggests that they take a bunch of Y-wing bombers through a nebulous. Um, it's a smuggler's route is what Anakin says that he learned about on Tatooine. And so he sets off with a squadron of clones and Plo Koon and Ahsoka and they go to try and intercept the malevolence before it gets there. So they go through the nebulous, but while they're there, Plo Koon hears about Namora Run or something like that. And Plo Koon gets freaked out, like beyond belief, and starts talking about um, these rays, like mantis rays or something like that. And they're like flying space whales. They start trying to get their way through this nebulous with a bunch of these space whale things chasing them. And um, they get out of it and they go to fight Grievous. And their whole plan is that they're going to take out Grievous on the bridge. They're going to attack the bridge, blow it up, kill Grievous, destroy the ship. But once they get there, they're like, dang, this ship is way too good. And there's way too many starfighters, droids um, attacking them. So they decide to go for the actual ion disruptor can that's been messing up all these fleets. And they're like, maybe if we shoot it enough, then it will overload and actually harm the malevolence. And so that's what happens. Um, they lose like half their squadron. Like, I think that's the main reason they went off of going to the bridge because Anakin was like the best, you know, starfighter pilot there. So he could have made it, but none of the others could have. So they go for the iron cannon. They disrupt it, hurt the ship. And then it's kind of just burning in flames. And then Obi-Wan comes back in with his fleet. They finally get there and um, to aid them. And the episode kind of cuts off there. I think the highlight for the episode for me is probably, again, Plokoon action. And uh, kind of about how um, it showed a little bit more about like how Anakin leads and stuff, especially when doing starfighter e stuff. Yeah, definitely. And some great callbacks to the original trilogy with the Y-Wing bombers and the whole thing with a smuggler's run and kind of a callback to Han Solo a little bit there. Um, but yeah, let's wrap up. One this. sec. I actually just, yeah. I looked up. Um, so it is called Balmore Run. So I was kind of close. Um, Balmore Run, which, yeah, is a smuggler's route that people use on Tatooine. And the Nibre Mantises, I think, is what they're called. The Nibres um, is what they're attacking, is Shadow Squadron, was the squadron that was used. So, yeah, there's, there's your little details there. But it was a really awesome episode. Yeah, definitely. Let's wrap this um, arc up, Ethan, with episode four. So, yeah, episode four, they're using people from Naboo to evacuate. And so Naboo's close, and somehow they trick Padme. She gets a job from the chancellor to go and basically she needs to go do some political stuff and he just gives her these coordinates. And so Dooku has led Padme into this trap and Padme and C-3PO are just flying to these coordinates and they come out and they're in the middle of a battle. They fly out right in front of the malevolence while it's getting like shot at. But they tractor beam Padme and C-3PO in they are now on the ship, and in that time, she had called Anakin and Obi-Wan and was like, where the heck am I? Why, like, what's happening right now? And she explained that she'd gotten coordinates. They're on the ship now, 
Anakin's like, we got to go save her because it's his wife. So he's trying to get over there. Padme actually almost killed Grievous. Like, we have to give her that, um, which is which is kind of funny because you'll see all these characters, but you're like, you know, they don't die like in the show. But she blows up her own ship while Grievous and some other battle droids are on there. He gets like thrown in the wreckage. I don't know how he lives that thing. Yeah, she's kind of going through this ship and trying to figure out a good like spot to meet Anakin Obi-Wan. And so they get on there and they're trying to meet each other while Grievous is like looking around for Padme. At one point, they kind of get noticed and they're just running. And then they find Anakin and Obi-Wan. This whole time too, Grievous, after this, he hacks into their communications. And so they're looking around and they decide that Anakin and Padme are going to go up to the bridge. Obi-Wan is going to go to like the core. And so Obi-Wan goes to the core. He is met there because Grievous hurt him the entire time. He is met there by Grievous, um, some droidekas, and kind of just pops off. Um, he takes out all the battle droids, fights Grievous. It's like a train inside this ship because it's so big. And so they're moving stuff all across and they have a huge fight on this train and uh, Anakin and Padme go up to the bridge and they like hack the, the Nava computer. So they fixed, it's funny, they fixed the hyperdrive, which is what was broken and that, why they couldn't escape. They fixed the hyperdrive, broke the Nava computer so that when it would come and they tried to leave, it would fly them straight into a moon. So yeah, they all they all kind of get off. Obi-Wan ends his fight with Grievous. It was a pretty cool fight. And yeah, it's kind of so they all get off and the Malevolence flies like straight into a moon, but Grievous gets away um, on his starfighter. So that's kind of the episode and that's where it ends. Yeah, great recap. This series, The Clone Wars, takes place obviously in between episodes two, Attack of the Clones, and episode three, Revenge of the Sith. And so we know what happens in both of those two movies. So we know who's dying or who's not dying. And so there's a little bit of that going on through a lot of episodes when it comes to battles. So sometimes you're like, okay, well, there's not a whole lot at stake because so-and-so is going to end up living, right? But even in a lot of those episodes... Um, you're still seeing character progression. And what's really great is they'll still try and really push things uh, to the edge so that, you know, even if someone isn't dying, it's like, how far are they willing to go to um, try to, you know, defeat their enemy? And even some things where it's, where it's like, how far is this particular Jedi you know, willing to bend the rules and maybe even lean into the dark side. We have stuff like that that we're going to get into more. And then also when it comes to Grievous and Ventress, which is um, things that we're also going to talk about a little bit as well. Grievous and Ventress have these different battles with people and they're ultimately trying to um, prove something. They're trying to prove their loyalty and prove their worthiness to Dooku um, and so that's, that's really great too. And so, yeah, even though sometimes you kind of know what's going to happen, you know, the outcome, um, you are getting a lot more um, out of these characters and learning a lot more about them and what drives them. Landon, any final thoughts on this 
story arc of the malevolence yeah so i don't remember this episode that well but i think i do have the image of like c-3po getting pushed off at like the trains and train tracks or something and they're just getting absolutely like slammed by a train car and like (laughs) i don't know pretty much (laughs) yeah yeah there are some funny moments in this show for sure all right well that's a good summary of the malevolence arc so let's move on to rookies and rookies is uh, one of those episodes where the first time i saw it um i i was actually kind of blown away because i wasn't expecting too much out of it but i really um enjoyed it and so essentially um i'll throw it over to ethan again but um, we're learning more about, you know, the, these rookies, these new clone troopers, and they're going to, you know, be taken under the under the wing of um, Commander Cody and Captain Rex, which is awesome. And they also prove something, you know, they prove their worthiness in this episode as well. But Ethan, if you want to explain a little more. Yeah, so this episode's pretty straightforward. Um, they are on this planet. This planet is super important, even though it doesn't seem like it. Um, it's super important to the war because from this planet, there's a route that goes straight to Camino, And basically, if they control this planet, they can just attack Camino and stop all clones from being made. Um, and so you kind of start out with a bunch of clones and they're kind of just slacking off, you know, and they do have a leader, but he's he can't control all of it. But they have an inspection coming from Command- Captain Rex and Commander Cody, which are two clones that we've never seen Rex before um, until this series. Cody, we've seen in um, Revenge of the Sith when uh, Order 66 came and all that. Um, so, yeah, we'll actually see them a lot during the series, which is pretty cool. Um, but they go to two inspection. really great troopers, by the way. Yeah, they have a lot of character. The fun thing with this series, and you kind of see this in this episode because it's only clones, um, is that a lot of the clones have a lot of personality, especially for looking like each other. Their voices, their chemistry, their actions, they all make them really different. um, And they do a really good job with that. And this episode did a good job at looking at that. Um, yeah, especially, um, I mean, this isn't season one, but especially with with the Bad Batch, that's all the same voice actor. But yeah. He just made so much wildly different characters, and that was really cool. Yeah, and he'll change like um, his enunciation on certain things so that he does um, give them each a little bit, uh, you know, a distinction in their voice, you know, to an extent, and you know, definitely gives them personality, which is really awesome. Props to that voice actor. Um, yeah, don't D-Tabby don't know his name. Baker. Yes, thank you. Yeah. But yeah, keep going, Ethan. So yeah, every clone in the series is the exact same voice actor. And when you see it, um, some of the clones are a little hard to tell, but they just change their looks, whether they have a different marking or whatever. But all the voicing just makes every character feel like their own, like complete own, um, which is super awesome. But basically, um, they see what they think is a meteor shower coming in. So they turn on their ray shields, they block it. But what's actually on this meteor shower is a bunch of commando droids, which you haven't seen before. 
um, is a new addition, and it's only in this series as far as I know. Um, commando droids are insane. They can do parkour. They are they actually <laughs> shoot good with their blaster. Like they're super good. Um, their heads clones, are smaller than the regular ones, so they can put clone trooper armor on. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you see, you see that in this episode too. Um, clones are like actually scared of these things, and even like they'll even go and try to fight Jedi. These um, droids, um, so they're super cool. Definitely my favorite. Um, but they get on and they land on this planet, and they go and they start trying to attack this base. They get in the base by pretending to be by wearing clone armor. They can also change their voice, um, which is pretty interesting. And you see that a bit during the series. Um, so they change their voice to a clones. They get in. They immediately kill the base commander. Like, so there's no more like you know um, protocol or anything. Like it's just these clones that were already slacking off, except for one named Echo. Um, and by the way, two of these clones, we actually see a lot more in the series, which is kind of cool. Um, Echo and Fives. And um, we see Heavy a bit. He's another clone that we see in a later episode, but it's kind of out of place, like I said. Um, yeah, so- this whole series this whole series is a little bit out of place. We could probably recommend, you know, you can find online the suggested watch order, but at the same time, you don't have to, and you'll still no. you'll still be able to gather everything. And so for the, you know, for big fans and casual fans, we're just going to take, you know, our breakdown and our reviews, you know, just by the actual seasons and how they're lined up. Um, But yeah. Yeah. So they get there, they get into this base, um, they escape though. And so it's heavy echo fives and another clone. And so they escape the base there's like these eel things on this planet. It eats one of the clones that we didn't know their name. Um, well, we did. I just don't remember it. Eats oh, I think his name was Cut Up. Yeah. 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 There yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah. Cut Up. And he's the one that gets eaten by um, that like worm, that huge worm. Mm, yeah. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think we see Cut Up later too. Um, but yeah. Anyways, forget that. Um, we see we see the eel eats one of the clones. They get all scared and freaked out, but um, Rex and Cody have landed on the planet. They're here for their inspection, and they start seeing that something's off. But then, um, I don't remember what the tell was, but they said, like, Roger, Roger, like one of yeah, the droids. One of the droids posing as right. a clone said, Roger, yeah. Roger. Because so, they can... Oh, real quick, because they can... Yeah. Um, like you said, they can take you know, someone else's voice, they can mimic it, but they can't change their function, like their their voice function and the way that they speak. They can't fully change it. So yeah, they still do um, keep some of their robotic or droid mannerisms. Yeah. So Cody and Rex are like, all right. So they act like they're leaving. Rex just turns around and blasts it in the head. Um, They figure out that something's off because it was a droid. And so they start getting more droids start storming and they, they leave too. And they hop off the bridge um, or the dock and then they find these other clones. They all get together. They fight the eel and kill it. And then they're like, all right, we got to take that back to this base because it's actually important. So they get back to the base. 
they take out all the droids, but then they see that a droid transport is coming in, and this thing has way too many droids on it. Like they're they're completely done for, pretty much. And so they start storming the base and heavy they start they're like, hey, we can just blow this thing up. And when we blow it up, the Republic will know that something's wrong and then they'll come to protect it. Um so they blow the base up. Um Heavy stays back and they couldn't remote detonate it because something went wrong. So Heavy stays back and the other clones go outside and all these droids come in. Heavy gets shot up a bunch and then he blows up the base and the whole transport blows up. The droids are gone. Um, and then I think they bring out Republic reinforcements um, like normal. Um, so yeah, that was, that was the episode. And these troops actually get reassigned to the 501st which is anakin's um you know division so we'll see them more often yeah and and it was heavy um i don't think i caught it if you mentioned it i'm sorry but um it was heavy that sacrifices himself to blow up that base which was awesome yeah really cool um part in the episode for sure his sacrifice uh landon how did you enjoy this episode um yeah uh this was this is a really good episode um um i actually because there is another episode in a later season that kind of gives a bit more backstory to these four clones which i had watched before um (laughs) um a a while before this watching but then i while i was watching i was kind of realizing like especially when cut up died of that um worm and then it's kind of like they kind of just like kind of shrugged it off like there wasn't like a a bunch of like big like oh no and like they're just kind of had to keep moving and that was probably because when this came out there wasn't a lot of backstory they're just another random named clone (laughs) but yeah um and then especially with heavy and then it's really cool and and heavy when he sacrificed that was you kind of felt i kind of felt a bit more just because i'd watched the episode before giving a bit more backstory and another thing i wanted to say i've seen season seven with echo um in that season and just realizing how far back the character of echo went was pretty cool definitely but yeah we'll move on to episode nine cloak of darkness i'll give a little breakdown on this one Um, one of my favorite episodes and essentially this revolves around newt gunray who we are familiar with from episode one um he is the viceroy or former viceroy of e-trade federation um and so he's imprisoned and dooku sends ventress to go and capture newt gunray from the republic galactic prison ahsoka and Master Luminara go to kind of intercept and stop her, her uh, capturing Newt Gunray. And, you know, there's some awesome, you know, battles between Ahsoka and uh, with Luminara against uh, Ventress, you know, just some really great um, lightsaber scenes in this episode. Uh, Essentially one of the, uh, one of the guards is working for the separatists and helps Ventress 
capture Newt Gunray and, and get away with him. Yeah, I thought Luminara and Ahsoka fighting Ventress was really cool. You actually get a sense that Ventress is pretty strong. Like, she's fighting a Jedi Master and Ahsoka, and she made it out. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, it you broke it down really good. It was a good episode. And it ties right into Lair of Grievous, actually, um, which is our next episode. Senate Guard, I think, helps break out Newt Gunray, but then mm-hmm. Asajj kills him. I can't exactly remember why, but I know yeah. he did kill him. Asajj yeah. definitely killed him <laughs> um, at the end there. All right, let's move on to Lair of Grievous, another really great episode. Uh, Ethan, do you want to take us through that? Heck yeah. Um, so basically, Gunray leaves and he somehow gets them to go to this random planet, um, thinking, tricking the Republic into thinking that he's there, that he escaped to this planet. Well, who goes is Kit Fisto and his Padawan. It was his former Padawan who just. Yeah, former Padawan. Padawan. Yeah. So he's kind of gone off by himself and they kind of reconvene. They're like, oh, hey, nice to see you again. So they go in, they're looking for Gunray, and they're like, this place is really strange. Um, Gunray's not there. He sends a hollow message. He's like, yeah, I'm not here. Haha, can't wait for you to die. And Dooku calls Grievous and is like, hey, so I've actually sent these two Jedi to your lair. You need to prove yourself because I guess he hasn't killed any Jedi in like a hot minute. Um, So he's like, you need to prove yourself to the Separatists and kill some Jedi. So he goes there and he's like waiting for a fight or whatever. These Jedi realize they're like, oh yeah, this is this is Grievous Lair because they see all like this lightsaber collection and his lore. There's a lot of really cool like Grievous lore in this episode. Um, yeah, great scene. He, yeah, you get get to see kind of what he looked like before and his background and kind of like over time how he changed into grievous you almost yeah. get the sense that he's like a tortured kind of individual as yeah, well exactly almost adding a little more personality kind of reminds me of that scene you know in empire where we see vader take off his helmet when he's in that little chamber yeah yeah sure. part of grievous's lore is really cool is like he, he he was always a warrior like on his home planet and stuff but like he kept adding droid parts to himself to try to make him a better fighter but then each droid part he added on to himself just fills him with more rage uh, especially against droids because he just hates them so much and it feels like he's becoming them but it's like a whole bad cycle um like he always like tries to fight better and fight better so adds more droid parts but like it also makes him fills him full of rage and stuff it's pretty cool yeah. yeah that's a really great point because he's not fully fully droid mm-hmm. um and, so like he, that, and that's yeah. like he lords that over other droids that he is a he is an organic heart so he's better than droids yeah right the cool thing yeah some grievous, really good points yeah Ryan. the cool thing with grievous is that we see we're gonna see him a lot more because when he, i'm like looking back and i was like we only saw him for a bit in episode three and so this adds a lot to him and the main thing with Grievous is as a character, he was meant to be kind of like a representation of what Anakin was going to be like. Like he was going to be a living being inside of a shell, you know? And so it's cool to kind of see that progression. And um, but yeah, going back to the episode, these Jedi tear up Grievous. Like they tear him up. 
Um, it's two Jedi and a group of clones. Um, so they tear up Grievous. He's like losing. I feel like he lost like an arm or something like that. Like something crazy. His pieces are all broken. And he goes to get healed up, like to get his parts replaced and everything. Because he has a little droid that does that for him. In the meantime, they're going through his lair to try and find him and defeat him. And he has like these traps. Um, and so he has like, he has his droids and stuff. But he has this monster that kind of beats him up a bit. Grievous comes back and the Padawan gets carried, like the former Padawan gets carried away. Um, he's the same species as like Akbar. Yeah, it's his name Atlas. is Nadar Nadar Veb, and he is um Mon Calamari. Yeah, Mon Calamari. And um Vidar, yeah, so he he goes through, he's like, I can take Grievous, and but he doesn't because Grievous is insane. Um he dies to Grievous. Um, now. yeah Grievous is kind of a jerk <laughs> with his fighting style too it, he just shot him with a blaster like he was mid fight with a lightsaber and just shot him with a blaster um, just so that he was done Kifisler gets mad and he's like alright I should probably leave now but they blew up one of the ships and they took out the rest of the clones so he's leaving he gets in a little fight with Grievous and then his droid picks him up in his starfighter and they leave and Grievous and Dooku's like, good job, Grievous. You actually killed a Jedi for the first time in a while. Yeah, good breakdown. Something that I really took away from this episode is, even though he wasn't super important, he did play a decent role. Um, Nadar, the Pad- former Padawan of Kit Fisto. I thought he was a cool character, the little that we saw from him. What's interesting about his character Um, that we see more throughout the Star Wars canon is that he's someone who after becoming a Jedi Knight himself and you know leaving Kit Fisto he forms you know these skills he becomes a more skilled powerful Jedi sometimes we see maybe he has a little too much confidence and also he's um, a little bit quick to tap into anger almost um, kind of like walking that line a little bit um, on the dark side, I believe. I, I think that we do see that a couple times um, when with his interactions with Kit Fisto and, you know, telling him, you know, how he wants to handle things and with, especially with his interactions with Grievous. And I feel like that ultimately um, is what loses him that battle is, you know, um, you know, Grievous gets the one up on him and is able to um, shoot him with the blaster. And, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't focused, you know, as a Jedi should be. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And yeah, it was a pretty great episode overall. All right. So we will move on to Dooku captured. This was a two part arc. So yeah, Dooku captured. They are fighting Dooku in the beginning. They shoot him down, and Anakin and Obi Wan are going after Dooku. Um, they end up finding some creatures that are pretty cool. I don't remember what they're called. Um, but yeah, Dooku gets off and he actually gets captured or he goes with a group of pirates, um, Hondo, Naka, and his gang of pirates, which we see a lot of. Um, they go off, they figure out Dooku's Sith and they're like, oh, we can get a bunch of money for, you know, if we capture him as a bounty to the Republic. So they capture him and Obi, Obi-Wan, Anakin also go and they find Hondo and they also get captured um, 
because they get poisoned and it's pretty much the the episode actually they they just get um now they're all in the hands of these group of pirates and that that's pretty much straightforward you know yeah that's essentially it and you know the republic is trying to make this deal with uh hondo in order to um get dooku under their custody um but they send obi-wan and anakin to make sure that the deal is all legit and you know that no one's no one's lying no one's gonna try and pull a fast one and of course hondo and and all of them being pirates um, they do try to trick the jedi and, and poison them and what was kind of cool is that um, obi-wan and anakin and dooku are all in a cell together a couple times because they break out and then they get put back in a different cell um, but they ultimately have to work together in order to escape um, which was pretty cool and you know how they're trying to break out and they're all like chained up with these like um, electrical binders um, that have like you know almost like these plasma chains to them and they try to escape outside and like force jump over like this huge wall which is pretty awesome and um, ultimately Dooku is able to get free from uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin and then he gets to uh, one of the pirate ships and uh, he like force chokes one of the pirates and makes that pirate like shoot one of his friends and and he escapes and it, it was a pretty crazy scene you know that that ending again seeing more from Dooku's character who I feel like is a really underrated character um, and we'll talk a lot more about him um, going forward but you know just a little bit of context like he is underrated and this is this was uh, Master Yoda's apprentice and so uh, this story arc really um, gave us a little bit more about him which was pretty cool. Uh, Landon anything to add? Um. I did want to say, like, um, I do love, love me some Hondo. Um, I do know him from Rebels, and that's where I mostly know him from. And um, Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland. Yeah, and Galaxy's Edge. Um, Millennium Falcon yeah. ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good ride. It's cool to see him, and especially as I keep watching the um, next seasons, see how he kind of grows. And I do remember from... I haven't watched Clone Wars all the way through, but I've seen like scattered episodes. I do remember from an episode I w- once watched, like there's some sort of weird relationship between Hondo and Obi-Wan just because I feel like both of them are sort of negotiators and both of them approach um, problems in a similar way. And that's kind of fun to see. Yeah, definitely. We we see more of Hondo later on and definitely have a, a good progression with his character, um, possibly even into other shows, but we'll get into that later. I think we can move on now to uh, Jedi Crash. So Jedi Crash is a two-part arc, 13, 14. Two-part. Um, so Ailis Kier is in a battle um, in the air, and Anakin comes in to assist. And in the process of evacuating Ailis Kier's ship, Anakin gets injured very badly. And um, they get on a transport, and that transport has issues and sends them to a planet. Yeah, Meriden. Um, and so it's 
Aayla Sakura, Ahsoka, Anakin, um, Captain Rex, and Commander Bly, and I think a couple other and a few other clones land on this planet, and they're trying to look for a way to get Anakin help. They find these people called the Lurmen, and they find an elder. Um, he's kind of the village leader, Tiwak Ka, I think. And he's like, um, we can't help you. We're neutral in this war. And they have uh, many conversations back and forth about how neutral they are and why they can't help. And um, his son, Wag too, is always trying to help them out and get them help. So they end up giving in and healing Anakin or trying to heal him. Um, in the process, while they're there, a separatist uh, ship, like transport ship, they start building a base and they come in and they're like hey we're here and you guys are now under um separatist like you know law and they're just trying to like kind of force themselves into their neutrality um but you learn that they're the whole reason they're there i test the new weapon that's like an incendiary cannon and it like burns everything that's organic but leaves everything like that's droid alive um, and so they're trying to test it on these group of people and eventually um, the Jedi and the clones are like, all right, we got to go stop them. So they go and they take over their base and they grab shields and they go back and they try to protect the Lerman people and the Lermans, at least the elder doesn't want them helping, um, but they kind of protect it anyway because they're like, it's the right thing to do. You guys will die. They protect them. They end up joining the Republic, the Lerman people pretty good arc you know ahsoka really kind of has to step up to the plate and again that's kind of how we're seeing her relationship and her bond build with anakin pretty great to see pretty interesting um that that whole arc and of course this is just the beginning of uh, of us seeing ahsoka grow into the jedi knight that she becomes later on which is really cool but yeah, we can move on now to uh, Trespass. This is an episode that um, sometimes I wanted to go back and, and watch again because I really liked it, but I always forgot what the name of it was and like which season it was in. So rewatching season one these past few weeks, um, you know, I, I was glad to finally see this episode again. But this is based on this ice planet and very reminiscent of Hoth. And we also get, um, I believe, these creatures called the Tau. Another callback to, like, the original trilogy, because we see, I believe we see um, the species at the Cantina in episode four. So the Talls are the people that look like the ones at the Cantina. Um, yeah. And then the Pantorans. Yeah. Um, right, 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 right. Yeah, the Pantorans, I think include of senator chuchi um mm -hmm. and the chairman show i think yes thank you and so essentially um anakin and obi-wan are trying to intervene and and help the pantorian people uh get along and make peace with the Tau, who have been um inhabiting this planet uh, way before them but chairman Cho. Um, a little bit of a jerk, very aggressive yeah. <laughs> uh, leader. Um, he he doesn't he's not having it. He he wants it his way or the highway. 
and but you know Senator Chuchi is is a lot more reasonable. Um, I thought she was a really cool character. I think that we actually get to see more of her later on. Yeah. Um, but really cool character, you know, complete opposites because, you know, again, Chow's super aggressive. Senator Chuchi, definitely really mild. Um, and so he's definitely like stirring the pot with, with, with them and you know, with their interactions and trying to make peace because the Tao are all for making peace. But he's like, he's like, no, you guys, you know, he, he wants pretty much uh, the Pantorians to have like full takeover of, you know, the, the planet. And so um, essentially war does end up breaking out and, and he gets wounded. Uh, Senator Chow, that is Anakin and Obi-Wan with uh, Senator Chuchi are able to contact one of the other um politicians to give them clearance in order for senator uh chuchi to like have the the higher say and to to essentially um say that um that chow you know his word doesn't count anymore he's not going to speak for the people and so you know it's looking really bad for like the the clone troopers that are that are guarding chow when war breaks out but you know anakin and obi-wan and um senator chuchi they they drop in with their warships just in in time to stop and the senator wants obi-wan to kind of speak on behalf of her and and obi-wan's like no i i can't do that like yeah this is your responsibility this is your time to um to take a stand for your people and to take a stand and make peace. And honestly, it was a really cool scene and a little, a cool little speech that she gives. She takes C3PO and uh, she grabs the spear and, you know, sets it down in the ice in front of the, you know, leader of the towel. She makes this speech about, you know, a great sacrifice is to give your life for your, on behalf of your people. But the, the greater sacrifice is to, live on behalf of your people. Um, and I thought that was, that was kind of a nice sentiment. And, you know, she says, I choose to live for my people. What do you choose? And, and he says that he chooses to live as well. And so he puts his spear uh, across with hers, uh, kind of making this bind or this, this, uh, this bond or contract together that they're going to both live in peace and um, inhabit this planet together. And, and so, yeah, it was pretty cool. It, it was one of those things, again, you definitely get that sense of, you know, how the Jedi are supposed to work things out. And it's not always, you know, about um, fighting to the death. They're trying to be peacekeepers. That's essentially what they're supposed to be. And so Anakin and Obi-Wan aren't, aren't fighting a whole lot, if ever, in this episode, but they're able to help bring peace um with this senator and, and stop like a bigger war from breaking out. So it was a really great episode. Um, did either of you have anything that you want to mention about it? I think the visuals of this episode are really cool. Um, a lot of it is you could tell is based on like Ralph McQuarrie's concepts that he had, I think a lot from Hoth too. Um, yeah. This is an ice planet. Um, it's super cool. Uh, I, I think it was nice to see that. Um, 
it's funny to see how the Talls came in, just wrecked all the clones and all the droids. Um, and so they're really dangerous. And yeah, it, it was just a super cool episode. You got to see the Peacekeeper side of the Jedi, like you mentioned, um, which is brought up a lot in this show because there's a lot of politics involved with it. Um, and so them being Peacekeepers is a big part of it, um, which you don't usually get to see a whole lot of. Um, but yeah, I, I really like this episode, especially the visuals. I will say, did did either of you get a little bit of uh, the feeling that this was totally um, taken from like uh, Avatar, you know, with Pantora and Pandora, and then yeah. like the the people are <laughs> the blue, blue people and <laughs> both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in in either case, it it really was a great episode. I really liked this episode um landon anything yeah i really like this one i really like the um alien design for this episode um again like seeing the jedi um as peacekeepers um and i haven't really seen senator chuchi in um in a lot of things so i'm kind of excited to see how her character progresses i think we can probably move on yeah, for to sure. Blue Shadow Virus arc. Blue Shadow Virus. So basically, they have this all is going on on Naboo. Um, but they start out, and it's this one Gungan like farmer. And basically, she sees all of her animals. It's like the creatures that Padme and Anakin were riding on in episode two. Um, all of them were like dying after they drank this water from a river. They knew that there was like some kind of virus going on. And so they called the Jedi over and Padme and Jar Jar were already there and they called Jedi. So Ahsoka, um, Anakin, Obi-Wan and a bunch of clones came and they had caught a droid, a commander droid. And they found out that there was um, some sort of base or whatever and that this one doctor was um, creating a new form of this virus called the blue shadow virus. And it had been in the galaxy before and it was like terrible, like super terrible. And so he's creating a new strain of it um, for the separatists that was um, benefited by the separatists. Padme and Jar Jar found the base. They, they got captured, Anakin, Obi-Wan, all of them went to go save them. And they found out that this guy, this doctor's plan was to make a bunch of this blue shadow virus and then put it into bombs and um, spread it throughout the outer rim in the galaxy. And it would just kind of decimate everything. Yeah, it's Dr. Nuvo Vindi. Dr. Vindi. Yeah, that's him. And so they're kind of looking around for um, these bombs and they have a bomb squad going and deactivate all of them. And... Yeah, I'll, I'll just go through the arc at this point. Um, by the next episode, which is episode 18, they realize that this one small droid that was kind of Vindy's um, partner, um, Vindy is already captured at this point, by the way, um, that he had stolen one of the bombs and he had the virus in it. So it was primed and he detonated it inside this bunker. And so everyone, this bunker starts um, getting affected, except for Padme and Jar Jar. 
And the reason why is because they, before they went into the base, they had these like hazmat suits on. Um, and so they're all trying to, they're like, oh, crud. Um, but Anakin and Obi-Wan and some other clones, or I think just Anakin and Obi-Wan and the doctor are outside of it. Um, so they're not in the bunker. So when the bunker, when the bomb goes off, it's like Jar Jar, Rex, Padme, Ahsoka, and a bunch of other clones. And so they're trying to go and stop all these droids from opening up the, the bunker. Because if it opens up, the virus is going to get worse and it's going to affect more people. So they're going around the bunker trying to destroy all the battle droids left. And Obi-Wan and Anakin go back to Theed, you know, the capital of Naboo. And they're figuring out what the cure is. And... Um, you might have to help me with this one, but they found out that it's a root. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember what the name of the root was off the top of my head. Um, if you want to look that up, that that's cool. Either one of you, but I do. Yeah, I, got it. I do um, know that this root is on the planet of Iego, mm-hmm. and this is a great callback to the Phantom Menace. This is when um, little Anakin tells Padme. Um, you know, he asks her if she's an angel and and he says that they live on the the moons of Iego. Mm-hmm. So really great call back to that. Again, that's that's another great part about the show is how it ties into the prequels and essentially um, just gives so much good context. And I really think and I've heard this from other people, too, makes the prequels more enjoyable to oh, watch yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I know personally that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it adds so much more to the prequels. So it's called the Rexaru or Rexaru. And so yeah, they go to Diego. Um, they land there, they see a bunch of battle droids, but they're all kind of weird battle droids. Anakin just starts tearing them up. And this boy named Jabo um it comes out and he's like hey, like where are you doing? You're destroying all my battle droids. And basically he had reprogrammed a bunch of battle droids. Um, on this planet and he basically runs it down to them that there is no way that you're leaving this planet um, because they said that there was a curse um, on this planet draw like yeah. curse of, or ghost or curse of draw draw and, yeah yeah and um, basically Ankin and are like nah that's nonsense and so they go to find the root, the Rexa root, and they find out the bottom of this cavern with like some vine monsters, or, like <laughs> Venus flytraps that kind of like move around like a snake. And so they're trying to grab this root, and eventually they do. And they're like, all right, well, now we got to get off this planet. So they go to leave, and the whole sky like lights up with all these lasers. He's like, yeah, that's what I was telling you. That's a draw. But it turned out it was actually a separatist weapon in order to keep the people there from leaving yeah and so we actually get a cool look at a council meeting and one of the angel or yeah angels um of iego comes out and you get to see them for the first time and yeah so eventually they figure out it's a separatist thing blow it up go back to naboo and yeah that's that's pretty much the episode and basically you know right after that they they're able to make it in time to um save both Ahsoka and Padme who had just gotten infected by the virus and we see Anakin's 
Um, you know, again, we see more of that attachment that he has to his wife, Padme, and more of that attachment now, the attachment yeah. that he has to his Padawan, Ahsoka. But you know what was also really cool, too? I'm, I'm not sure. I'll have, to, I'll have to research it. But you know how there's that parallel with, you know, Padme and, and little Anakin in episode one. I'm pretty sure in this episode, it's the same voice actor that voices Padme that voices the angel. Oh, uh, really? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that, that would be interesting would to be- see. Um, but Landon, quick thoughts on this episode before we move on to uh, Ryloth. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I really liked the connections to episode one. Um, yeah, I think it was a really good episode. Definitely. Did you want to give a little breakdown of uh, the Ryloth arc? This party's over. First episode, I believe, is with Ahsoka and Anakin. Um, it starts out in a starfighter battle, and then Ahsoka disobeys Anakin's orders and gets most of her squadron killed in a dogfight. She kind of learns more about kind of respecting um, higher authorities and respecting the orders of um, the council. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, that was that was Storm of Ryloth. Ethan, did you yeah. want to? Yeah, so Anakin's like Anakin kind of comes up with a plan to destroy the blockade, but Ahsoka's still going to have to go do her own thing and she's super hesitant because she just like lost a full, almost a full squadron of fighters. Like she did a bad job. So now she's like, now you want me to lead this whole fleet? Anakin just um, pulls a last Jedi and flies this cruiser straight into a blockade ship um and he he leaves and he's kind of out of the fight in an escape pod um and then ahsoka comes through yeah ahsoka comes through with the fleet she comes up with this idea to like flip the thing over on its side so that doesn't get injured and then all these bombers are going to blow up the rest of the fleet and then they're on ryloth you see Ahsoka getting a lot of hesitation from the other clones because they also don't really trust her that much. Um, but she actually does a pretty good job. And then it leads the way for Obi-Wan to go on to Ryloth with Windu. Yeah, and, and so Obi-Wan, you know, takes his, his crew and that's uh, episode 20, um, Innocence of Ryloth. And yeah, he, he takes his crew into battle and they're slowly trying to, you know, uh, press the attack little by little throughout the entire, um, you know, charge that they're trying to take, they're being um, heard and, like, monitored by um, some of the, the droids that are, you know, giving, relating the information back to uh, the Separatists and you know, the battle droids. And so they're staying a step ahead of Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan sends some clones, and they also find out that they're holding like all the Twi'lek people like hostage um, in this base that they're trying to like capture. Um, And so they're like, all right, well, we can't just bomb the thing, you know? Um, So they're kind of going and eventually the clones and Obi-Wan with resistance from like these monster things that are attacking them and droids, they eventually take it over. And um, with the help of this little Twi'lek girl, they, get the information that they need to take over this little capital. That's pretty much the episode. Yeah, and then Mace comes in, and we are at episode 21, 
Liberty on Ryloth. And this is where things pick up a lot more with the action, um, in particular, the scene with them trying to uh, get onto this bridge um, and really, you know, take over the base. And they're trying to get to um, Amir Tambor, uh, you know, the leader of the, the, the group here on the separatist side. Uh, and the, they eventually do, um, that was really awesome scene, you know, um, Mace and some of the, the clones, they're able to sneak onto some of the, like the battle tanks and, um, some of the droids like walk in and they find them in there and, you know, they cut them down. And so now the droids signal to take down the bridge and they're going to drop the tanks and they're going to drop some of their, their own droids but they're going to also drop Mace and the clones and Mace would do like force pushes um, uh, a couple of clones all the way across, like, like yards. Uh, it was pretty crazy. And yeah. they're able to grab onto the cliff and then like Mace, like force jumps a couple of times onto some like falling debris and he is able to get them back up and uh, they all take over the base and he um, eventually you know, gets to Tambor and uh, holds his saber up to him and, and they have him surrender. And that was pretty much the end of that episode. And, you know, they're able to free Ryloth with also help from um, General Sandula, um, Cham Sandula, which also I wanted to know, um, maybe Landon knows this, but is that character related to... Um, Hera in yeah, Rebels? Hera's father. And okay, that, that's what I thought. I, as I was watching this episode, um, it did show a child, uh, it did show Cham hugging a child. So that could have been Hera, or it could have been her brother if her brother was older. Um, yeah. All right, I think we're at our last part. Yep, yep. We're going to break down the season finale, which is Hostage Crisis. I'll do a little breakdown of this. And also I'll just say, I remember when this episode first aired um, and I got to watch the premiere. Um, it was really, really suspenseful. It still is, you know, when, when you watch it, definitely a really great end to this first season. And as we'll see, it's only uphill from, from here uh, for the viewers. Again, stick with this series um because as you'll see in this episode things are starting to get way more intense yeah this does this does have some ties to the um clone wars animated film a little bit um with the character of zero the hut our plot here is that we have cad bane who is the coolest new bounty hunter i can't wait to see uh dave filoni bring him into live action i really think that he's going to but he is yeah. the coolest, one of the coolest bounty hunters, if not the coolest. This guy means business. It is not his first time taking hostages. And he knows exactly what he's doing. And he is like two or three steps ahead of like these senator guards. He is able to break into this, um, this far like Senate chamber, capture most of the senators. Padme is with them. Padme happens to have 
Anakin's lightsaber because they had a moment in the very beginning of this episode where you're able to see again their chemistry together as a symbol like of of his love and his you know loyalty to her um giving her um his lightsaber is essentially giving her his life and so she's holding on to that well uh cad bane and his bounty hunters are able to capture these senators they're holding them hostage they're trying to make this deal with the chancellor in order to uh free zero the hut from the republic prison and they have no other choice but to go along with it finally the other gangsters or bounty hunters are able to take down anakin and it's a little bit easier now because anakin doesn't have a weapon although he does have a couple scenes where he kind of goes like batman mode or like ninja mode on (laughs) on some of these guys which is pretty crazy um but still like he really needed his lightsaber (laughs) and he didn't when he needed it most he didn't have it so um they're able to capture anakin and now he's all like uh tied up with the rest of the senators not necessarily tied up but you know set in this in this circle and contained cad bane's about to make his escape he's got these lasers set up so if the senators you know move then they're going to blow up with this bomb one of chancellor's senators goes and and helps free zero the hut for cad bane and so now they're making their way out it's bane and zero they're in they're in one of these um transports they're they're about to to leave and he is going to he's going to blow them up anyway and so he does that but uh, padme is able to give anakin his lightsaber just in time to cut a ring on the bottom of the the floor and then they're able to fall onto the next floor and and escape uh, the blast just in time so that was a really awesome scene. Cool the way it closed out to again just with uh this character of Cad Bane and and his attitude and you know his his confidence and you know Zero's like really grateful and but Cad Bane's like I, I didn't do this for free, man. Like it's time to pay up. Yeah. And and that's how it closed out. And it was a great, it was a great finale. Yeah, I honestly this might be my favorite episode um in this season just because Cad Bane is so sick. Like, if somehow he's made it through all, like, everything, I would, he could be a solo, like, villain for Man- Mandalorian. Like, I think that'd be the such a cool thing. He is always taking down Jedi um, and super good at it. Um, there, there's going to be a point where he fights, like, two Jedi at once and still gets out. <laughs> like he's insane one there's like a random senator that gets shot by cad bane and it's not like he's gonna do anything he's just like walking away and cad bane just oh yeah him to prove a point but yeah i just liked all the designs in this episode and you get to introduce the cad bane is the biggest part of it because we get to see him a lot more later and dude just like the sound of his blaster too is so cool like and like yeah. really intimidating when he like comes in the room for the first time and just like fires it in the yeah. air a few times um has a really cool sound Such uh, a cool any... too. Like... totally L- love the hat love like the the tubes um yeah, yeah. and then blue skin red eyes definitely a character that stands out landon any final thoughts on this season finale 
yeah, I think it was a really good way of introducing um, Cad Bane, and I really do like Cad Bane, um, and I, I really do hope I see, we see him in the future maybe as um, a villain to the Mandalorian or even maybe a rival crime lord to the Boba Fett show. It would be really cool. I think that's a definite possibility, too. Um, yeah. Um, and even as I was watching it, because um, I didn't, I, I didn't watch it when it was coming out when it was premiering, but even as I was watching it, I could feel the tension, like you were saying, and it's, it's a really good episode. Definitely. Well, guys, we did it. We closed out the first episode of Uncovering the Clone Wars. This was our season one review and breakdown. Thank you so much, Landon, for joining us today. And thank you, Ethan, for helping us steer the ship as well. It's been a blast having you guys. Before we go, Landon, tell us about your podcast, where we can find you, and what um, you're doing yeah. over there. Um, I am currently uh, so running solo a podcast. Um, uh, it's on YouTube, and we're now on Spotify and Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, stuff like that. Um, it's called The Dice Cast. We um, talk about um, um, role-playing games and writing for games and um, pl just playing role playing games in general. Um, we do all sorts of stuff like reviewing different uh, role-playing games and just trying to find the right role-playing game for you. So if, if that sounds cool to you, um, make sure to check it out. And if you like the content, please make sure to subscribe. Awesome. Yeah, check out the Dice Cast. We got a really good um, person for who wrote our theme and a really good person who wrote, uh, <laughs> who um, made our new logo. Yeah, I, I did the uh, music for you know, his new podcast and Ethan created the logo. So um, definitely awesome to all be family and friends and be able to support each other's projects and have a lot of fun doing it. So definitely check that out. And yeah, that's pretty much it for today. So yeah, thanks again, guys. And we want to thank our listeners. We want to thank our viewers here on YouTube. If you're not already, subscribe to the channel. Leave us a like and leave us a comment. Join the conversation. Tell us your favorite episode, things that you picked out. Um, tell us how you're enjoying. Maybe you're starting this for the first time as well. Starting the series. Tell, tell us how you're enjoying it. Um, but yeah, we will be back soon to break down season two. And are going to have a lot more fun conversations. So stick with us and we'll be back. But for now, we're signing off here at the Starfighter Podcast. Bye.